I read that and I was cringing like, oh my god, that's that's so harsh. How is that harsh? Because she, wait a minute, let, let's let's hold the critique phone. this. Eric's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> It's Thursday night. It's episode 121 of Peace Be Ugly. I'm your host, Eric Dan Johnson. I'm your host, Tom Rideout. 121? What happened to 1 through 120? You were drunk. It's fine. Don't worry, I think you had kids. John Kong did? Oh, that's me. Hi. How are you all doing this lovely evening? You are listening to the premier PHP podcast. (laughs) You could tell by this opening premiere the best podcast that's recorded thursday nights late night west coast time in san diego in san diego there's no other podcast meeting those parameters for php that's better i'm just putting it out there anybody want to try to create a machine gun kelly dish track on us about it bring it we are the m&m of thursday night <laughs> php podcast West Coast, uh, ten o'clock at night. You could have just said. Just, you, I'm just saying. You could have just said you didn't want to record tonight. Just saying it. Bring it, anybody. Let's talk about it. What? Can, can we officially re- delete mine and Eric's uh, columns from Trello? Sure. Like officially. Did you, did, you, did you see? I moved mine over. I'm just trying to get it out of the way. Thomas is like holding on to that hope that we're going to continue to use. No, I just I use it to keep track of my my topics. Yeah, don't delete mine. I didn't have. I didn't delete it. I do. It posts there. Oh, how's everybody doing? Hey, stressed. It's less than a week from leave until the wave comes crashing down. If you're if you're listening if you're listening to this on your podcast app. You're possibly missing Wave PHP. I hope you're listening to it as you fly to Wave PHP because Thomas is going to have all this done and edited. So as you get on the plane, you can listen to us ramble until you get to beautiful San Diego. Yes, this is your in-flight entertainment. That's why this episode's two hours long. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Can you believe it? No. Less than a week away. I am losing it. Oh, what are you losing? It you just gotta relax, brother. Come on out and have a good time. You're <laughs> surrounded you can't, by you can't be losing it because Eric and I are losing it, like we, losing we, everything. We, <laughs> we, I, I lost the car because you know we had to use something for collateral. Stole a Vespa. It's just gone downhill. <laughs> oh Jesus! Now you know you know I'm agoraphobic. I have I have some pretty severe anxieties but you fly yeah. into the airport we will pick you up and bring you it's to the hotel not, that's and not then the you part stay no. right there wait that's not no. the part that's bothering well, who's, me who's picking who up john I'm, i already established we weren't doing that <laughs> the part that's killing me that. is is deadlines i i have an issue with having to be somewhere at a time and airplanes are just the worst <laughs> Where it's like I, I'm in, I'm in a hurry. You're flying if on. You're flying happens, on Tuesday. You're not getting to the conference till Thursday, from what I understand. No, I've <laughs> I, I got my tickets straightened out. I'm going to be there for the training day. I haven't seen that in my email yet. Say, so are you sure about that? Because uh, 
Oh, look at I that. Cannot, Wait a I second. Verify. Oh, hey. Oh, nope, nope. That, that was our other good friend. Oh, look at that ticket that just came in. Conference only. Wow. No, no training day. What the hell is wrong with him? No, I've got... It's going through accounting right now. There's two requests for the training day. Uh, they asked the front-end guys if they wanted to do training day, and I recommended that they go to the View, building a spa with View. And Ah, by Daniel. Yes. Yeah, I like... Daniel's very a very cool guy. Uh, we met him at Longhorn in Austin. He's one of the guys who organized Longhorn. Um, very well spoken. Just had a just had a kid. Great guy. I don't know how Great he's guy. making You're it out here. And this isn't the only one. He's 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 doing the whole circuit, man. I tell you. Jeez, that's ridiculous. But yeah, good on him. So, less than a week, John. Less than a week. Oh man, we're getting we're getting things in the mail. We're getting like t-shirts and bags and t-shirts are in, bags are in, lanyards are in. Uh, The the schedule boards are ordered and hopefully be ready on time. There's a lot that goes into this, and I don't know why we did it. (laughs) And there's a lot of there's a lot of last minute things like like the schedule. I mean, we could have possibly done the schedules a little sooner, but. You got to make sure that people don't cancel. That you don't need to move move schedules around. So you kind of hold on to it to the very last second, which is what we did. Same thing with like badges. It's like you know you kind of you kind of wait. E- even ordering like the t-shirts and stuff, you're you're kind of waiting because you want to see. Like you don't want to over order. You don't want to order too too many, which would be what over ordering means. <laughs> so you kind of thanks sit for the there and wait. I I over ordered too few once. Yeah. So it's it took me weeks to recover. Been, it's been interesting. It's it's been very stressful. But fortunately, John's. I mean, John's been bearing the brunt of it. I, 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 I was that. worried because I I thought he was kind of like quiet on, in the early days of uh, the conference, and all of a sudden, like he's doing everything. Like I'm I'm li- I've literally done nothing the last week. What are you talking about? Except- You're the one calling and finding printers and. Okay, I did. Yeah, that was it. But I mean, really, like ordering the shirts, even talking to the printer. All John is John is just taking the ball. Although the 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 design on the back of the shirt was your idea, I mean, not your original idea, but it was a good segue into what came out of that. So I like it. I mean, for being semi last minute, it's it's a good design. Thank you. Thank you. Did you? I really like our logo. Did you get any PHP Ugly shirts printed up? No. No. You, hey, remember you, when are, we were talking you, about my fragile mental health? Are you, are you, are you paying for it? I'll, I'll buy a PHP Ugly I, shirt. We can sell them. I, I'll give you. I'll bring in a PHP sticker and we'll throw it on your shirt for you. How's that? Do you know how much t-shirts cost? My yeah, about gosh, twenty-five a piece. Yeah. Well. <laughs> it's not cheap, especially when you're. Talking I used to about work. At, I used to work at a print house. Okay, well, multiply that by the number of people that'll be at the conference. That's a lot of money. Okay, two hundred dollars. <laughs> not not far <laughs> off. <laughs> That's pretty damn close. Jackass. Do you you guys are the ones who've been saying it over and over on the podcast. We need to we need to sell more. This is going horribly. Well, 
We do need a some. We more. do need some more. <laughs> yeah, we we need sponsors. If anybody wants to step up at the last minute, like angel sponsor, let let us know. It would definitely definitely help. You got to well, you got to start going door to door at skyscrapers downtown. <laughs> just, well, we we almost did that. We had our intern just start calling. If you posted a a, a job posting looking for a PHP developer, our intern was calling that that company saying, "Hey." You're looking for PHP developers. You might be interested to know there's a conference. Uh, Buttery Krempitz wants to know if we'll be recording the talks. We've we're good. Yeah, we we just we were just discussing that today. Uh, we're not going to do any elaborate recording, but we're trying to throw together like a last minute, like cheapo recording thing. Possibly. Um, Possibly, but we've got so much going on. We we haven't checked into any sort of like legal issues with that. Do we have to? Do we have to clear it with the speakers? Do we have to? Yeah, what else that's we true. To, we did talk about that, didn't we? What's it going to cost us? Because we're already so far upside down on this thing. I'm not spending any more money on the conference. Yeah, yeah. You bring up uh, something I wanted to talk about, Thomas. Um, buttery crumpets. <laughs> <laughs> the the Discord channel. Uh, you may ha- notice if you're watching us live, the chat has been disabled because our Discord channel has just taken off, man. I I am so blown away with how many people we have in our Discord and how many people what's Discord are just talking through the week <sighs> every time. It's it's the gamer version of Slack. Why don't okay. we just use Slack? Yeah. <sighs> I'm not uh, a gamer. Free. I'm not a gamer. Yes, you are. I've seen you. <laughs> he plays Rocket League. What? Did you know that, Eric? Did you guys... Hey. D- d- no, he doesn't. He He's reassured me that, you know, that he's moved on from, from that cheating stage of our relationship, and he's gotten it out of his system, so... <laughs> There's a good question for you. Is, uh, is our psionics friend going to be attending? That was our last-minute ticket buy as we started this show. Oh, nice. Except I, f- I realize he p- he only purchased Thursday-Friday tickets, not not the whole enchilada. Yeah. Wait, there's going to be enchiladas? Actually, there might <laughs> yeah, be. There, no, there might be enchiladas. <laughs> it's not, there is a Mexican lunch, but I don't know if there will be enchiladas on the menu. Hmm. Lunch served on the beach. As lunches should be served. Yeah, there was some confusion about that from my boss earlier today. He was looking at the locations on the schedule, and it would say location La Jolla, location Tory Pines. <laughs> if it helps, if it helps your boss out at all, Thomas, there was confusion from the Bahia as well. They they reached out to us and said, "Hey, uh, your your conference isn't being held in the La Jolla room." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> like, hey, by the we, way, we just we I, just named it. We we haven't talked okay. about this, but your response to her was, I read that and I was cringing. Like, oh my god, that's that's so harsh. How is that harsh? Because she, wait a minute, let let's hold let's the phone. This. Eric's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> let's critique this. Roll it back. I I don't think it was harsh. It was she harsh. was harsh by saying. She was looking at another. She was looking at a different conference. All I said was, uh, "The Link Johnson." I, I am so horrible with that sort of thing. The Link John sent you, 
and I restated the schedule link from Wave PHP is very much the correct link. <laughs> it's very reflect, much the correct link. Our, our, our conference <laughs> at the Bahia. It's like, I, that's not harsh. I'm like, I just want to be clear. That is the right link, and that is our schedule. <laughs> to me, it came across very harsh. You know, to to you, everything I say comes across harsh. <laughs> like, when I call you an yes. asshole, you're yes. like, oh, that's so harsh. Yes. Like, oh, whatever. Like when my son throws so yeah, she, his arms up she, and says, everything's my fault. And she freaked me out because she she sent us an email saying the link that you sent sent was me was for a different a conference, conference. At, a, at a different hotel is what it said. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, what? So it turns out the Bahia has rooms named, at least the La Jolla. I don't know if they have a Tory Pines. And we just we didn't like, we didn't want conference room or room A or room B or whatever they had. So you should have gone with that. Get, I wanted beach and bay, but I was over. Or that beach and bay would have been better. See, where it got confusing is that my boss was under the impression he was going to have to drive for an hour and a half to get to the next room for the conference ten minutes after <laughs> this one ended. So it was. It was either track A or track B because there was a long drive between them. La Jolla and Torrey Pines are right next to each other. It's not that long of a drive, really. It's, it's they're, nowhere, a they're nowhere near Bahia, though. <laughs> it's through a wall. You're all right. Everything is on the top <laughs> floor of a single building. You don't have to go anywhere. It's fine. You don't even have I, to leave the building. You don't know how much that pleases me. We, we, <laughs> we were trying to be cute on the naming and turns out we failed miserably that, 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 that's on me that's totally on me i didn't even get approval from john when i named him i just named him yep we got the art, I, artwork I, for the signs and i was like what's this all right <laughs> but i'm, I'm glad I that's talked a little bit about the fact that the the reason we live stream was such a after thought like we were looking for different ways to record our podcast, and we ended up settling on Google Hangouts years ago, and it just had this feature where you, where you could live stream it to YouTube. So we're like, well, yeah, let's just do that, and why not? I have to admit, for a live stream PHP podcast that starts recording at 10 o'clock at night on the West Coast, we get a good amount of live people watching us live and talking with us in discord last, last week i was just blown away with how many people were were communicating with us in discord what's, uh, did you guys, what's discord jesus christ thomas did you see what i posted earlier asking kind of the channel and if you do participate in discord uh look back to about 11 10 a.m today 1109 uh, i posted a question to discord where I, I I was thinking about it, and I, I was I actually had this thought before when we opened up the YouTube chat, which is no longer. I just I don't see the point of having that anymore, so I I've disabled it. But we like it when people interact with us live on the show because we don't really have a lot of content. We're kind of shooting from the hip. This is all bullshit, you know. So when people actually reach out <laughs> to us... Don't admit it. And... Okay. What, <laughs> what Eric's trying to get to is that he was wondering if we could use people's names from Discord when they were asking questions. And I think, at least I think coming, Buttery Crumpets and Frontal Nougaty are going to be okay with us using their names on air. 
I mean, that's I, you know, you I'm know, throwing it out there. I, I I know that I know I know Frontal's real. You you know Frontal's real name too. You you always made fun of it. Oh yeah, saying it was alias. The Nuge. But just coming up with a with a because they might not always want us to reference them when they share something that that might be a little controversial. So I, I was just trying to trying to establish some sort of standard of hey if there's something you you want to share but you don't want us to mention your name even though you are typing it in discord so anybody part of discord can see it but uh to come up with some sort of you know down low sort of hashtag or if you're if you're coming if you're coming here the record if you're coming to our podcast under the under the assumption of getting something you're looking for you've already made a, a, a gross error in judgment I'm just saying I don't want to be throwing people under the bus. The That's all I'm saying. Okay, the I, Lord himself gives permission. It's okay. People under the bus the said he did not want his name used. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's why our Aussie friend doesn't join us anymore because we kept referencing his name too often. So. And, then, and then he got him fired. Well, YouTube has a real name policy, just though. I have no clue. Discord doesn't. YouTube does really That's a good point. I didn't know that. That's a good point. No, yeah. you... I think you can actually change your name in Discord, right? Yeah. Per per channel, like like I think I can change my name in this in this particular channel. Change nickname, yeah, right there. Uh, All right, buttery, buttery. You're just buttery nudity. You're just a number buttery, buttery in the nudity. end. Frontal All right. buttery. We're we're spending Frontal way too much time on some yeah. something called I have... Discord. I don't even know what that is. I have something I, I want you guys to weigh in on, because I saw I saw a new PHP package today that I don't know if I love it or or not. It, it is. Lay it on us. I don't see it on your Trello board. So I don't know what you're about to say. Well, it is on the Trello board. It's called Safe PHP. Of course it's on his Trello board. Everything's on his Trello yeah. board. Safe PHP throwing exceptions instead of returning false. And this is not a guide on how to code better. Mm. This is a library that wraps PHP core functions. And if I that don't hate it. And if that core function would return false, it throws an exception instead. I don't hate it. I, I, I don't know. I, I see. I, I'm I'm torn on that as well because I keep preaching to the team that I feel returning false is bad. Because right. if, if you get something back, you're expecting whatever that returns, whether it's a string, an object, or whatever. Unless it's supposed to return a boolean, returning false is pointless because you're uh, now. This is this is thing though. This is not about user land code. This is about PHP core functions that have default bad behaviors. So the first example oh, the so, first so example same, they give here code base. the first example they give here is file underscore get underscore contents. If that method cannot read the file, it just returns false instead of throwing an exception, which as you can imagine is extraordinarily bad. Right. So by default you're supposed to do that and then check if it's false first. And then or, use the or you contents. you can do a try-catch. Right? right. Well, no. Now you no, can do try a try-catch. No, try-catch doesn't. Yeah, try-catch doesn't work. 
And so this oh, is this is interesting saying. to me because it's changing the behavior <clears throat> of core methods of PHP, but it's kind of fixing them. I feel mm-hmm. like this should be this should be a PR as well to like an 8.0 branch because what it is yeah, doing is what it is 8.0. doing is that might be 9.0. That's well, fixing old bad behavior. Yeah. Um and I it's the kind of thing I I could easily see this getting rolled into Laravel for a next major version. Laravel will never but, will never accept that. They can't. But but uh, yeah, and again, it's yeah. I I still I still like it. I still I still like it. I, I think I like it. I, I, I like it conceptually. The the pro, the main project I work on, that's still a a big thing they do. Even though I've been preaching this specific thing forever. Well, and I want to explore that too, John, because like Tom said, this isn't usually in code. This is. PHP no. code, but no, it is user land code. It's me no. using. Oh, it is. Well, I mean, I, I understand it... the practice in yeah. user land, but this package is the thing that interests me. This package is the thing that overwrites base, you know, core components of PHP to throw exceptions. So you and have to go. And ch- you'd have to go and change every function that they are overriding. Would you? You know where this gets weird, though, is. When no, you start including every. packages, See, that's when you including packages from Composer. I think that that that's where you can get some strange, uh, unexpected behavior. Oh, you have to you have to call. So when you're using FileGate contents, you have to use function safe JSON decode or FileGate contents. So it, it won't it won't break your existing code until you're ready for it to break it. Right. You can. You can bring in components one at a time. Even um, if you bring them in, you still have to change your class to use that function as that function. No, because if you include the namespace, it'll automatically override the default namespace of slash, which actually is recommended now. Did you have you seen that article too? That you should you should add slash to all of your built-in PHP functions, a leading slash. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's supposedly faster as well. Right, I because mean, it circumvents the autoloader. Right. But if you if you look in their GitHub repo, you can see each method that they've created this exception version for. And all you have to do in an existing application is include the namespace for the new overriding method. Right. So you can go through it step by step one piece at a time and make sure it all works. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a really well thought out solution for the for the issue. It doesn't just override everything by default. It it overrides the selected things that you have an issue with. It's and it's overriding the selected things in the selected file is what I was saying. Right, so right. you're you're not gonna put this in composer JSON and all of a sudden break your application because you have a file git contents in some other file you're not thinking about. From what I can tell, if you included it in your composer, nothing would happen until you started changing files. Right. Exactly. The more I'm reading through this, the more I'm liking it because you're you're saying I want this behavior in this class and this class only, not not across my entire project, not across my entire system. You're not including an so- you're not including an extension that affects everything across the board that you're not prepared 
to use. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm really intrigued by this idea, and I'd, I'd love to be able to... Imp- I know, I don't do a lot of exception-based development. No? You don't no. You do not do a lot of custom exceptions? No. I've, okay. I've got into it for a short period of time, but I just... I feel like if I just wrote it right in the first place, then I would never have to deal with it. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I've, I've got some code that... that that there are a lot of different types of exceptions that happen. But the the problem is I ended up making all of those exceptions extend from another type of exception so that it all gets handled the same way. Nice. But now but now I know exactly why it got a, <laughs> why it got thrown. It's a weird state to be in, but You invented bug snag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically. No. I'm worried about bug snag. I've got I have to I have to do some deep dive shit into the Iron Q library that I've been working on. That it's just I'm just dreading because I'm getting reservation timeouts and it's not talking politely with Laravel's timeout arguments. I don't want to promote Bug Snag because I reached out to them to sponsor Wave PHP and they turned me down. Were they dicks about it? No. Eric, who was it that that brought up it? It was some sort of legal issue. It was something like bug no, snag. That wasn't, or... that wasn't bug snag. That was um. It was scrutinizer, wasn't it? It was scrutinizer. Scrutinizer. Yeah, I scrutinizer. reached out to them, and they said they would love to, but something with legal issues. And I was like, for legal reasons, they couldn't. Laravel. We're yeah. like, this isn't this isn't PHP ugly, you know. We're not sponsoring. This. Taylor has a restraining order out on us. I don't so know what too closely associated with scrutinizer, but but going back to bug snag, I've had an uh, an error be happening often in bug snag in some code that I maintain, and it's a weird sort of thing. And I put code in place to fix it, and I'll explain it in a second. So I'm not being vague on purpose. I put code in place to fix it in one sense, but there's a way around it where you can still break it, and in this system you lost me yeah in this system you can be an admin you can you can own an organization in that organization you can have multiple people okay so from your team page you can act as that person so if you're on my team i can act as you sure Does that makes that makes sense so yeah. far sure so then you can start up a a process where you're calling people now you as the admin acting or me as the admin acting as you can now switch back to my account. But because of sessions, I've now broken that process. Yes. And so I made it where I can't click the button to say, okay, I don't want to act as Thomas anymore. I want to go back to my account because now it says, Hey, no, you're already in the middle of this session. You're not allowed to, to switch back, but there's nothing stopping me from opening another tab, logging in as me, and because people don't know how sessions in PHP work, you know, as an as an end user, everything continues to break, and I get bug snag notices all the time from it, and it just floors me how many people actually do this. <laughs> it shouldn't. But, but users are extraordinarily creative in breaking things. But why? <laughs> I just don't get it. And so that's a question, you guys, because I haven't, I haven't even started to research it but can you tie a cookie or a session cookie to a specific tab 
Isn't no. it? It's browser specific, right? The only way you could do that is if you had a a pseudo spa. So if you wrapped the whole session in a, a spa frame, and that frame never changed, but the contents within it did, then you could. But have... the cookie is still is still getting sent from that domain, right? You wouldn't use a cookie. You would use something else, like a like a persistent port or yeah. local storage, like a randomly generated local storage ID or something. Yeah, I guess from this, I mean, I mean because what they're cookies... what they're in what what they're in and what's breaking is essentially a spa already. I don't know if you remember these days, but at the at the origin of the internet, sessions were in your get vars. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do remember that. Yeah. So you could do that. You could store the session string as a get var that you always passed with every link. That sounds terrible. Yeah, <laughs> that's why we don't do it anymore. It's terrible. Uh, I have like ways or or thoughts of how to get around it. It's just I don't like most of them. So something to something to think about. It's just so it's a weird thing where with that we need to think about Eric on that other application that we're building, the Greenfield app we keep talking mm-hmm. about is mm-hmm. since we're, since it is organizations and teams with organizations, if you allow somebody to switch States, there needs to be thought behind that. Yeah. Yeah. I did want to circle back around to the discussion we were having with user code and the idea of returning false. Mm-hmm. You said that there, there is, there are use cases for this, right, John? I mean, if, I mean, if you're returning a boolean, yeah. yeah, yeah. What do you do in in the events where you are supposed to return something, but there's nothing to return? Like, let's say you're supposed to just return, I don't know, a if string, the, but it, a string might be different. A string it could be blank, but if you, if you're expected to get an an object specifically back to me you either return that object or you return false because the code outside that called is expecting an object so you still you still would return false there no i would throw an exception right okay yeah because then it bubbles up even if even if my code doesn't handle it something up the line will handle it otherwise it just results in an error and then right. hopefully if, if your method snag or something like that. If your method starts with the term is, then it can return false. If your method doesn't return, if your if your method isn't start with the name is, then it has to return an object or, or an exception or or has. Right, is has all those those possessive nouns. Interesting. So like really, if if your is is member is one that I, don't I have even, is I don't member should about, return true or false. I don't even care about is or has or any of that it's if it's an a method that returns boolean it can return true or false otherwise you're expecting something else now what which now, actually leads to to the the type hinting as well like if you if you if you've type hinted that your return is an object then you have to return an object yeah, you don't but, have to but, but you need you need to return an object but you can have JSON or array return types. Like you could have a flag on on something that would return either JSON or an array. All right, so that that 
that's another great question because that's something else I'm always t- torn on. I I feel that's wrong. Like there should there should only be one return type. I agree. And, and and I think most people that follow strict standards would agree with you. It's having a, a this or that is confusing and it makes the outside code have to do some sort of checking which adds cyclomatic complexity to that code because it's going to have to say if this or that i mean well, if this else that so this is sort of gets interesting too is that there's also uh the the hidden default methods for objects so in laravel's collections if you return it and the 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 endpoint expects a string then it will two string it which means json response but then it has a method for two array which will return an array response. But then if you just call the object, it depends on the context of the call that you're in. And that's that's one of those areas where I think yeah, PHP kind of does it a little weakly. Like the the two string method I feel is too flexible because it gets called whenever something asks for a string and everything asks for a string. Mhm. Mm. But uh, it's 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 interesting. I mean, I, I've been getting really into proper return types lately for my stuff. Um, I recently read an article about using final on uh, classes that that most of the classes you write should be final classes because you mm. don't expect them to be extended, and see, the behavior within them depends on itself. See, that's so interesting because. I think it was a talk I attended. I don't remember how many years ago. Everything was your code should be protected, not private, because it could be extended. And who are you to to stop somebody from extending it? And lately, everyone's telling me no, it shouldn't be protected. It should be private unless otherwise stated. And I'm just I'm at a loss because I don't know which way to go. I, I think I if you're if you're writing both. a library, well, we use we work in MVC, so to me that's where the story ends. If you're on a controller, it's a final class. You don't want a controller in a controller in a controller. I have a base controller which establishes my my uh, constructors, so it wouldn't be final. Actually, would it be final? Because I wouldn't want to override the constructor. I don't know. I, I haven't used final yet. Buttery crumpets I, I, brings I'll up the I, idea. I buttery crumpets re- brings up the idea of a result type, which I think a, a good framework could manage, where you've got expected result types of objects, a result object which has types within it. Uh, the collections in in Laravel kind of do that. Collections are a collection in a sort of undefined state. And you can dump it as an array or as JSON or for each it as an object or for each it as anything. So it's... I just I thought that was interesting. I don't know. Hmm. D- didn't mean to kill the conversation. No, you did. Good job, though. You're, you're pretty, pretty good at that. Hey, John, I got some bad news for you. No, I don't want bad news. Do you still use uh, Google Inbox? I do. Or have you switched back to Gmail? No, I, I switched back to Gmail. I switched back to Gmail uh, a couple months ago, and uh, I have to admit, I still prefer Inbox. So I'll, I'll go back. like I, I use Inbox on my mobile device. Um, 
in my tablet, but but I, I, I stick with uh, G- the honestly the reason I stick with Gmail on my desktop is because there's a Todoist plugin that allows me just to hit a button and it creates a to do based on that email, mm-hmm. and that's literally the only reason I use Gmail on my desktop. But uh, inbox Google Inbox is going away. What they are they are they are discontinuing. Are, do, are, do you not? Do you not read my Trillo board? I, I put the stuff in Trillo, and you you don't even look at it. <laughs> Liar! I, I don't even know why you bother. It's right there. Inbox <laughs> is signing off. I, that... I got this. Uh, yeah. So I I figured you'd be disappointed. I knew you were a big Inbox person, and uh, you turned me on to Inbox, and I I like it. I I still don't know. This is so. This is so typical Google. It's like, why are you getting rid of it? First thing, why did you create it? Like. The chat clients. Why do you have five different chat clients? And then everybody how, starts to. How like is it that we're in a hangouts that isn't actually a hangouts, but it's a hangouts that's that's casting to YouTube? Yeah. 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 It's it's so weird. So yeah. So inbox is uh, inbox Whoa. is going away, man. March twenty nineteen. It's yeah. That's crazy. Yep. Well, I wonder. They, I wonder what. Saying, what did they learn that they're bringing into Gmail? That's what I want to know. Yeah, see, they're saying they're bringing features into Gmail from Inbox, but it, everyone I know is complaining have. about the new Gmail. Uh, really? Well, do they use the Inbox? Because maybe they're, they're not used to the features. Their complaints are that it's really slow and crappy. Yeah, it is. Especially com- compared to Inbox. That was the thing about Inbox. Inbox was so quick. It was, it was such a fast email client for... For the browser, uh, when I went back to Gmail, that's the first thing I noticed too. It's like, oh my goodness, it's so clunky. It's really it's slow. Yeah. The only reason I go to only reason I go to Gmail is to get to my my filters and my forwarding addresses and all my yeah. settings, which is stupid. And that, that was all part we, of Inbox. Exactly. That was always the thing that frustrated me about Inbox. Is like, why can I not set my filters in Inbox? Why do I have to go back to Gmail to set these stupid filters? I guess I never realized but, that yeah. Inbox was a beta and was just their their little test site. Google was a beta. Gmail was beta for how many years? It was beta for like 10 years, I think. Google News is still beta. Speaking of Google News, thank you, Eric. Have you heard? Have you heard that the was, bad news coming out of extent. coming out of England? What's this? The uh, you can't use memes anymore. Yeah. Oh, is that the really? Is that really the story? Please go go into that story because I I didn't catch it and I'm like, wait, what's everybody talking about? It's a bit of a shit show. Really? Yeah. What, what is the? What is it? So this is this is being implemented over a period of many many years and this is this was the earliest stage where you could catch it and tell them to stop and it mm-hmm. and we failed um the, the, <laughs> the two big concerns are article 11 and article 13 uh article 11 is being called by the public the link tax article um and article 13 is being called the filter the universal filter Okay. Uh, article. Why is, why is everybody associating him to memes? 
Article 13 is the one that relates to memes, and it essentially says that if you have a large enough audience, you're required to automatically detect copyrighted material on behalf of the government and uh, reject it pending manual approval. So the whole thing with memes is that memes are taken from copyrighted media, and then people add text to it and send it back out through Imager or other sharing programs. And under Article 13, Imager would have to put in place a filter that said any copyrighted media claimed by anybody for any reason is automatically rejected. What? So th this came so, up earlier this week. Sony on YouTube took down a violinist's performance of a Mozart piece and stated, you know, unilaterally they owned Mozart's works. Uh, it took uh, quite a bit of effort, several days worth of effort before Sony came out and said yeah we don't own Mozart's works we own specific compositions and performances and we accidentally overreached maybe but the the big concern is that you can just sort of unilaterally say this thing belongs to us and once the first person does that it gets really 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 difficult to claim that they're wrong and that it actually belongs to somebody else or belongs to the public domain. Um, mm -hmm. Free use right now is already under incredible attack by media corporations, and this just gives them an automated system that forces companies like LinkedIn to do the work for them. Or, or not LinkedIn, uh, Imager. Um, but if, if you handle public media in any way under article 13 you'll be required to scan it for copyrighted material against one of their databases and reject your users content so i missed the Actually, beginning did you was this an england or an eu thing as somebody uh, points out england and the eu are no longer one in the same yeah th this is the european parliament which will be implemented by individual eu member states after the final vote in January 2019. Um, you got the, some links you can throw on Trello? I do. But the big one, the big one that I don't like is actually Article 11, which is the link tax. And the problem with the link tax is that they say if you use more than one word of a person's copyrighted material, then they are in a position where they can charge you a licensing fee for that material. Wait, one, <laughs> one word? What? Yes. Um, this, I believe, happened in Belgium before. Uh, the idea was to take aggregators and, and make them pay the original sources for the material that they're using. So Google News, as a news aggregator, would be required to pay the Belgian newspapers for the articles that they were linking and reproducing the problem right. is the i'm claiming to is, is the it was mandatory for them to license in in the first iteration of this and I, I it might not be belgium but i'm pretty sure it was um so google just said well, yeah google news is is dead in belgium then and traffic went down 17 percent across the board for news companies um but the, the implication here is that any platform where you would share something would be required to license 
linking to that thing. Hmm. And, and, and oh, wait, so day, I'm confused. I'm still... Wait, I'm sorry. It, it's license linking to it. I haven't read the entire contents of Article 11, but reproduction in part, which is to say the headline, which would be clickable and point to the original article, would be considered a a licensable use. Hmm. Sorry, Eric, I didn't mean to cut you off. It It just blows me away. As I mentioned on a previous show, I still find it fascinating that these game companies don't charge some sort of licensing fee to these streamers who are making millions of dollars streaming their game all day long for the same you know, for the same but, reason that this failed in Belgium which is that when they did the licensing when licensing was enforced sales went down but for... why is it why is that not the issue with music i mean that very same streamer has to be very careful what music he has playing in the background because he'll get taken down for licensing infringements there. Because I don't fair, I don't get that. Because fair use because fair use has not been properly fought in the Supreme Court in the United States yet. Okay, I'm moving on. Anybody uh anybody catch the Elon Musk interview on Joe Rogan's yeah. uh, podcast? Joe Rogan yeah. Experience? I just caught the I, one meme what did of it. You think? Well, I've I've seen the meme and I've seen other people posting things about it. In a day, I don't. I'm a Californian. I don't care what people do. I don't care about that. I, I wasn't bringing this up about the fact that he smoked a joint or a doobie or it, that that was so irrelevant. And if you, if you want, be clear, it was he, a he only fat joint. That was an enormous joint. He took a puff. He took a puff, and it wasn't it wasn't all pot. It it, it was. It, it was uh, tobacco and... Uh, as, a, as a blunt. And, uh, yeah, it was a blunt, exactly. Which I actually have not uh, experienced yet. I, I've always wanted to do a blunt. So it's to, wonderful. I to put that on my bucket list. But that might have been the first time I'd seen that sort of interview with Elon Musk. I, I've seen interviews with Elon Musk in the past that were like professional interviews on a particular topic. SpaceX, Tesla, whatever. But Joe Rogan, it was a very casual sort of interview where he was like shooting off the cuff and asking him a well, well huge range of questions of just like common man questions. And I, I, I'm just a bigger fan of Elon Musk now. First thing, to see how he processes information. Like you can see his little alien brain, you know, firing up neutrons before he answers and he's just like the way he speaks and how thorough he is with answers why are you laughing so hard about that it was funny it was a it was, it was creative his the, the i think you meant speaks. his lizard brain neurons you said and his alien thorough, brain neutrons how thorough he is with his answers i'm just so impressed i I, I think I I have now added him to my list with Bill Gates of people I would love to meet in real life. But have you heard like, the theory? Be, have well, you heard the theory about why he's going on this self-destructive sort of bender right now? Why are, why are you going to ruin this for me? What is his theory? When he announced that he was going to take Tesla private on Twitter, the FCC started an investigation. Coming to pick him up. Hmm? 
Yeah. The, the FCC started an investigation to establish whether or not he actually had the funds to take Tesla private. Because if you make the claim that you're going to go private, but you don't have the funds, that's a federal crime. Right. So the theory that I keep seeing is that he's on this crazy self-destructive binge to tank the price of Tesla stock so that it gets within a reachable buyback value. That seems pretty far-fetched. Has the stock of Tesla been dropping? Tanking. Really? Why? Because he's calling guys pedophiles on Twitter. He's going on Joe Rogan and smoking weed and saying, man, I don't know. And there's been a whole load of scandals following him around lately that he just seems to have intentionally drummed up. It seems like he's intentionally bringing into question he also did the a recent interview on mk and mk hbd nope mk bhd yeah he he toured the what you don't know mk bhd you don't even know what are you scolding it's marquez it's marquez brown hd and he doesn't but mbhd no mk bhd oh my god i love his content he, one, he's an ultimate player, so I love him for that. And he's a great tech reviewer. And he just sat down with Elon Musk and did a great interview there. He got to tour the Tesla factory. Oh, yeah, watch so, that. So that wasn't self-destructive. So it's not tanking. I mean, it it, it did peak in June, July, August. I mean, it, it, it did get up to 370, got up to 379. It's back down to 280, but that's where it's been, like, all year. No, but, but when it peaked was when he announced about going private and started this campaign of doing interviews with basically anybody. Uh, I don't know. Don't ruin this for me. I like the guy. I'm, I'm, not, a cons- like I'm the not a guy. conspiracy theorist, so... Yeah. I want a Whatever. Tesla. <clears throat> Except yeah. the Earth is flat. That I know. That's true. For sure. Yeah. I got a question about that. I, for We've, the... We've done people, it before. The, you know, we've talked the about flat it before earthers. The and, yeah, I know we've talked about it. The flat earthers. I I know they have this. Uh, why, why, idea why, like, why are you referring to us as a thing? No, that's that's fine. Yeah, John, I know you have a thing where you think like the moon and the sun are are hovering hovering around this flat Earth. Uh-huh. But my question is. Do flat earthers acknowledge that the moon and the sun are round, are, are globes? Yes. Are, yes. They, are they? Yeah. They do. Yeah. We do. So yes, why, yes, why we can't do. the Earth be a globe? Yeah, we do. You guys stop it! You have got to stop. This is why we're not selling tickets to WayPHP because of this sort of crap. Right. The, the flat Earth conference got so the flat the flat Earth conference had more ticket sales than WayPHP has. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's something to be proud of. <laughs> Members from around the globe. Anyway, what's your question? Why is it that the Earth? Why is it that the Earth can absolutely not be a globe, but those two objects can? Because God made Earth. Yeah. <sighs> Just look. Look outside. Flat. Duh. Yeah. You're flat. You're flat. 
I, I'm not. I'm not going. I'm, you're. You're not. You're not trolling me. You're not trolling me into this. I. It was a simple question. But, you know. Because I've told you in the past, there's anymore. two. There's two people involved in the flat Earth thing: the people who think it's hilarious, and the people who believe it. I think there's a third it's, segment, the the, especially YouTubers that respond to it, making it a thing to make other people think that it's a thing. That's what bigger. I. That's how I feel. Yeah. Like every video, the people is that. laughing. It's like the every, trolls. Every video yeah. is somebody trolling. All the videos so, oh, are. Yeah. All the videos are until someone makes a video where they try to explain a video that they watched. They're the person who takes it seriously, and everyone's pointing at and laughing. I was I was involved in the flat Earth stuff a number of years back, because it's really were you seriously yeah because you, you, you were a believer no. I was, or, or a questioner? No, I was. I was trying, one of the people trying to who debunk the flat earthers. No, I was one of the people anti-debunking. I was one of the people who was reading and repeating the crazy theories that could debunk a normal scientist mind. That 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 was the thing. Is that this is a debate club game? When you're in debate club in high school. You have to play devil's advocate sometimes. You have to take a position you don't want to take. And those are the same people who really enjoyed playing devil's advocate who are on the side of flat earthers coming up with new theories, coming up with pseudoscientific stuff that looks like it could work out. The people who are on debate club are are not just bored of it now that they're out of high school. They keep doing it into college. They but keep they get doing stupid it. people to believe them and continue right. the stupid And that's crap. hilarious. And it's hilarious. And every no, time it runs ev- its course. Every time it happens, every time some new celebrity says, well yeah, there's flat, it there's an uproarious laughter and then billions of retweets. But it, what it, about the disruption to, to humanity that it causes? The fact that Scientists actually have to take time now no, to don't. try to explain to high school students why the Earth is not actually flat. Well, and it's, it's, society is simple. It's the, I, I've watched way too many videos of, of people talking to their kids saying the Earth's flat, right? And it's like, don't teach right. your kids that! No, teach your kids that. That's fine, because what it does Stop. is it instills, it instills skepticism in children. When you say... <laughs> Of course, everything says the Earth is round, but this small group says it's flat. It instills in children that they should investigate things for themselves and know the actual evidence and be able to determine truth from from fiction. And it's it's an important skill to have. It's the people that fail this test that everyone points and laughs at. But but there are plenty of people. Kids, I think, believe their parents the most because they have the most time with them. If yeah, no. Parents, parents don't. Parents, parents don't teach your kids truly this. Truly believe the things that they're teaching their kids. A lot of the times, it sends them astray. I don't know. It's nice at some point to be twenty-five and understand for the first time the fallibility of your own parents. Yeah, Santa Claus is real. That's true. We were asked if we would talk about working remote again, and I thought that was a. I know we're running long here, so we might have to save this. Although we're not going to have no, a show next not. week, so no, we're not. I know that's what I said. We're not going to have a show. No, next we're week. not running we're... long. Shut <laughs> up. Right. We're not having a show this week, uh, clearly. But I thought it was an interesting time for that to come up because John and I, 
we we've been in negotiation and talking through a couple of scenario, uh, scenarios of establishing a Diego Dev office again. That's a little different because we own a business, we have other variables to think about. It's not just us working remote anymore. Um, but yeah, I thought it was just interesting timing that here we are. John and I are talking about the benefits and drawbacks of having an office and do we want to establish an office again? And I, you know, I think as of today, we kind of agreed that we, we did and started, uh, started that process. There's a, there's a new, uh, con to it. So there's a ton of pros to working from home. The fact that I can walk, I walk out of my office at 5 PM and I'm with my kids. I'm not, there's no travel. Uh, it's amazing. Okay, what are the pros? No con. He said there's a big con. Yeah, no, that's the con. <laughs> oh, I get what, what you what said. I did. That's what you did there. That was all. Man, caught me off guard. <laughs> that, that was good. Um, there is something to leaving your spouse for a work day and then having to come back to them. I've heard other people saying that that actually work with their spouse in the same job. What? It's, I mean, you make no, you make a good point. I, my wife never wonders if I'm going to come home tonight. I, well, I mean, I, there's I, not. It gives that her. It, I'm giving her a little too much, uh, a little too much leeway. <laughs> I want her. No. To, I want her to wonder. I want her to wonder on a regular basis. He it's, seemed upset I think when he left this morning. I wonder if he's coming back. I think it's different. My. <laughs> My wife is a stay-at-home mom. The hardest job on earth taking care of kids because I would not do that. I don't. It's a pain in the ass. She does it, but the fact is, I walk out to get coffee or I walk out for any other reason, get lunch, and we're in the same house. So having we we were talking, it might be nice to have an office to have that starting a little to, bit start of to piss off the girlfriend. <laughs> Again, making those office romances really awkward. Yeah. I tell you. <laughs> Although, I mean, it simplifies some things. There's a bedroom right there. <laughs> oh, you guys are much, too much. So I, I, I really, I'm excited to revisit this in ten years when you've got teenagers, because I, I've, I've gone through that. The shift from it, being in a house with eight-year-olds and working from home and being in a house with 15-year-olds and working from home is dramatic. No, I'm, I'm saying it's, I, it's a good I'm idea gonna... to get out of the house right now and have an office to go to. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I have to admit, as much as I love working from home and as much as I feel like I have um, mom- moments, not, not too frequently, but moments of humongous pr- productivity working from home, I, I also feel myself slipping a lot working from home. You know, it's I'll walk out to, to get a sandwich and the, the wife or kids are watching something on television and maybe I stand there and linger too long. Or, you know what, I, I do need to run a few errands. I'm here. I'll, I'll, I'll you know, catch up on work really? after 5 o'clock. Let me go run these errands. Oh, yeah, I do that. I do that probably way too much. But you're also where at I, your desk all the freaking time. I mean... You'll yeah. be working at 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night. Yeah, so yeah there, I mean, you guys... Are pros and, and, and I, I, think that's, I think that's where that having an office helps me because it, it allows me to to separate that a little bit, especially if I physically take 
all my hardware out of my house, which is one of the things we're talking about doing if we get an office. If I did that and just like had my laptop at home, yeah, I, it, there's pros and cons to it for sure. Um, I don't know, man. I still, I still, I still don't particularly want to go to an office every day, though. But the office is like ten feet from your house. You walk out the door and you're, you're gonna, you're gonna walk <laughs> there. Ten feet. The place I looks- am planning on. I am planning on moving all the podcasting stuff there and podcasting from there. Like, really? Like, what? Yeah. Like, why do I even have it here at the house? I'll just put it all there. Because that it's way... ten o'clock at night, and you're gonna leave your house to go podcast. But like you said, it's ten feet away. So what's the <laughs> what's the problem? It is right. But down the at street. least that way, the the wife who works from home as well, you know, she's arranged her schedule so she doesn't work on Thursdays. But now she picks that time up on the weekend so i feel kind of bad about that she could go back to working on thursdays and have the weekend off and um you know it, it's not that far of a drive for me to go to to the office that where we were looking at today assuming that's the office we settle on for me to go there and podcast we could walk there faster than getting into your car and starting it i could i could actually drive my my stolen Vesta, Vespa, whatever that thing is. My stolen, my stolen scooter there without getting caught. <clears throat> I don't know, J- John. Not John. I don't care about John. John's been doing this too long. <laughs> Thomas, you've been doing this for a while. You are a true uh, remote worker. Where, I really am. It's like five years. Uh, now. You know, you work for a business. Not only do you work for a business, a company that. Well, I don't know how they are now, but until they hired you, they were traditionally all in-house. Like, they wouldn't hire remote. I believe you were the first remote developer that they hired. I was, and now um, they're almost all remote. Really? Project manager. So, cl- so clearly, two other they, developers. they see an advantage to it. Yeah. So let me ask, let me ask questions here, then. So clearly, they see, they see a benefit of it. What, what was, have you spoken to your boss? What is, is your boss remote, or is your boss still in-house? He is occasionally remote now. See, I I feel like bosses should always be in house. Like for a boss to be remote yeah. is he's BS. he's got but shit I will to do, say, and he knows that when he needs to get work done, he can go home and get work done instead of going to a meeting. Yeah, and let me point this out for people who are wondering if it's good to work remote. That really falls on your yeah, recording structure, the individual, and how your your supervisor so much more falls on their shoulder of being a good supervisor like when everybody's in house there are managers that are in in my opinion are just glorified babysitters they just make sure that the developers show up they make sure the developers stay there eight hours a day and that they're not spending too much time at the at the coffee machine when you're when your staff when your workforce is remote that same manager all of a sudden now has to work they have to establish goals they have to track productivity they have to make sure that communication is is happening that everybody understands where everybody's at that's probably the biggest obstacle with making your workforce remote for somebody who's like a developer who's in the trenches who's getting code done where they do it from really is not or that big of a deal when they do it isn't that big of a deal either uh I okay, we we let's circle back around on that one. But a developer like like 
you know, Thomas, not to say you're just a developer, but you, you, you don't, you may be a lead developer, but you're still, your focus is developing. The fact that you're developing at, at home or you're developing in a cubicle, you know, it can still be, it should still be measured the same way. It's not always that the case, but it should be measured the same way. The fact that you're remote, the fact, the, the requirement to have some sort of metrics in place to measure your productivity is a little bit more important. Um, I, I but have for no managers, metrics. For managers and supervisors, that's where work gets, not hard, but you have to do some work. Like, yeah. It's just no two ways about it. I, I, if so I think it's, one, I think there's there's interpersonal relationships that you have to maintain in, when you're a project manager or something like that, and but there's there's also the employee to think about. Um, so recently, one of our project managers, our, our project manager, moved out of state, and I was really surprised because I thought, well you have to be in constant communication with everybody as part of your job. And the reality of it is that she most likely assured the company that she could maintain that level of communication remotely and that she was going to move one way or another. So they were either going to have to replace her or accept the minor inconvenience of a teleconference call instead of an in-person meeting. You know, it's that the, the so, talent, let, the, the domain-specific knowledge that she has is so valuable that she's able to leverage it and get the remote position. Right. So let me ask you a question. What do you feel your avenues of communication are, are as good, better, or worse when you work remote as to maybe somebody who might be in better. person? Yeah, much better. I the the one of the Explain things that. one of the things I learned when I was working for the Navy is the importance of the chain of command. And when I went back from working in the Navy and the chain of command in the Navy into private sector, I found that the chain of command gets followed by the people below. So, don't talk to your boss's boss, but your boss's boss, if he sees you in the hallway, he'll fucking talk to you. Mm-hmm. And in the Navy, your boss's boss will not talk to you unless something is very wrong. He will say hi and shake your hand, but he will not discuss work with you because it's his subordinate's job to speak with me. But in, in private sector, man, Owners of companies will come up to lackeys all the time and say, hey, how's this warehouse thing going? And the lackey's like, I don't know what you're talking about. That's delegated to somebody else or you have the wrong terminology or I don't – like the last thing I want is somebody who's not involved in the decision-making process for the specific work that I'm doing to ask me how things are going or to do something specific for them. So you like the fact that you just can't randomly run into people. I don't remember that Thomas was in the army. No, I worked for the Navy. <laughs> I don't remember I was on... the... when. When were you in the Air Force? I don't recall that. He he, <laughs> he wore that big chief hat in the the Spanx. Yeah. I did tech support. I did tech support for the military. We've talked got, about it on shows past. We've talked about it on shows past. 
John, I, I don't know if you were a part of that show or not because you're you're so you know cold and hot. We never can tell when you hit miss. I, I'm trying to miss as often as I can, but you won't. Let there me. was an episode. I don't know if you remember this. In fact, I'm sure you don't. I'm sure you don't. Just on a roll. But there was an episode where John actually showed up for the podcast and didn't speak for the whole episode. Eric, what were you trying to say? Pretty much like tonight. Working remote. Are there any tools that you feel that you that help you work remote? Obviously, there's things like Slack for communication, but like you personally, this reaches out to you as well, Thomas. I know for me. It's my to-do list. Like, my to-doist, I can't live without that. That dictates my day. Yeah, at, Do you guys some have sort tools of ta- like that? Some sort of task manager. Make sure you stay on task. Get as far as keeping my code in line yeah, and it, having people be able to comment on it and make my changes better, and sometimes annoyingly so. <laughs> Slack is a pain in the ass. And I love I, Slack. I love it and hate it at the same time. So I I tend to turn off my notifications unless I'm mentioned, and that to me that's important. That that's just like if I'm sitting in an office and random people just come up and start talking to me, unless you are having a conversation with me directly for some specific reason, leave me alone. So I'm a big fan I, of turning off notifications. For me, it's Homestead. Homestead. What is, what is Homestead? I, uh, Homestead is the the Laravel Vagrant auto built container. Uh, continue. No, I have no clue. What you're you're not about. following me. Uh, a while. <laughs> are, are you being funny? Or are you Are you being serious? Me? Me? He's messing with you, Thomas. Is he? Yeah. I'm really not. I, I think he's messing with you. Hope you're not. That. Okay, I'm sorry. What is it? What is it called on Mac where it auto auto manages your host file? There's nothing on Mac. Ga- gas mask? No. Um, the the Laravel development about? environment. You're talking about for Valet? The, Valet. The... Valet oh. is a script for Homestead. Homestead. Oh, that is... Homestead? Yes. That's... Oh. Valet is not a you're script not using for Docker? Homestead. Yes, what are you it talking is. about? Are you using Docker? No, let's... I'm not using Docker yet. Wait, I've tried no, to move. No. Okay, that's the issue. I tried what to move. Shut up, Eric. About Somebody, Thomas. can we mute Eric? Wow, it worked. <laughs> because you don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. You're no, making it didn't work. Look bad. Didn't work. <laughs> Go ahead, Tom. Vagrant, I'll mute myself. Go vagrant ahead. Homestead Docker. Without those things, remote development would be <laughs> impossible. Eric's muted himself. Without Vagrant Homestead or Docker, without Valet, the the development cycle that we have at my company would would fundamentally not work. We would have problems related to person's operating system, specific version of PHP, specific version of MySQL. All of those things okay. are essential to being to having a workflow remotely. Let's be clear. And though. Valet from and there I can build up. From there I can say there's web applications different. like Jira. Um, two completely different things. Trello. I wish I could use Trello more at work. We use Google Docs for a lot of our bug tracking stuff when we're doing crunch time. Um, I just those that I think I think Vagrant and Homestead Guard go unsung. What are you giggling about? <laughs> the fact that I muted Eric and he hasn't unmuted himself yet. Un- unmute him. 
I can't. I can only mute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, it's that time of the show. It, Eric, are, Eric goes so silent. It's, we're not oh, running we're wrong. Running long. Wrong. <laughs> we are. Um, ready to wrap this up. I'm ready to wrap up Wave PHP. It's that time. Can I tell you I have the greatest story I've heard in months? Only if it's the last story of the night and we can hang up. Eric has to unmute himself, or else we're just going to sit here in silence. Then I can say, I'm John Cogden. No, you can't. Keep I it ugly. Edit, I will edit that out. What? So, just to be clear, your homestead and valet are not the same thing. They're not wrappers from one to the other. Two completely different products. There! Good job, Eric. You're, you are correct. Oh, yeah, I was wrong. <laughs> now, now I feel bad for muting you. I was trying to be funny and it backfired on me. No, that worked. That's still funny. <laughs> Oh, right. You guys know Last the story. television. This, you is, guys... this is why nobody takes us seriously. And, and is not, this is screaming. not why. We, this we is... were told, I have to stop screaming in the mic. I apologize. It's okay. I normalized you. The last <laughs> podcast, all, I normalized all our channels together. So you, your screaming went unnoticed. <laughs> so I can whisper like this. No. You were gonna, we were going to wrap it up with something? If you have... Uh, a Vizio television, it more than likely was spying on your television watching habits. I don't care. I didn't have to be unmuted for this. The <laughs> I, I actually don't have to be on the show for this. The super awesome part about this is that after having been discovered and then sued, the same technology mm. that allowed them to spy on users is now being mandatorily applied to notify users that they should sue Vizio. Isn't this an old story? I it's an old like it's an old story. It's an old story that Vizio was spying on you. The new story is that a court has mandated that Vizio televisions on a specific date will notify their users of how to sue Vizio and why. So that a message will pop up on the screen explaining that Vizio has violated your rights and that you can sue them by going to a URL and that you are entitled to compensation for the violation of your rights. And I think that is just Weird. such that is such perfect karma for this kind of bullshit. Why would they agree to do that, first of all? Agree to the the notification? To yeah. sue them? Because it's a class like action lawsuit. Yeah. Sounds like they don't have a choice. Yeah, they don't have a choice at all. They've they lost mm -hmm. a class action lawsuit and this is the methodology that was determined to notify people who are uh to be included. But, uh, I mean that that that's about as as guaranteed as sending an email, right? You don't know who's watching it at that time or or what they're comprehending when when you send it, okay. They'd be Cute. like me. I, I just said funny. okay, whatever. Get out of my way. Yeah, you know, my kid, my kids go to watch something. They see that pop up, like what, and just click through it. I, I see what they're doing. Cute. Uh, yeah, karma. Whatever. Eh, as, I'm not that fine. Impressed. You want doom and gloom, fuckers? No, no that I was don't. the last story. I think we're nope. done. That's it.
No. Bob Wave PHP. That's your doom and gloom. Wave PHP next week. Doom and gloom. <laughs> Five Eyes Intelligence Services. Oh, oh my man. gosh. He's really pushing through with this. I'm hanging up. We're going to... What five it's, eyes? It's, it's eleven twenty. I'm ready. To, um, I got things to it's do. It's twelve twenty. Then go to bed. Gotta go. You gotta no, be up in watch, four hours. I'm waiting. I'm gonna watch Thank the finale for Great for British Bake Off. This episode one twenty one of PHP Ugly. We do truly appreciate you taking the time to hear us out and hear yeah. us ramble. We're sorry we will that... not be here next week. Uh, we one hundred percent will be. We will actually be hugging. We will be having a group hug next week during our regular show time. There will I, I be. Will take, I, I will live stream with my 360 camera next week. The three of us hugging, hugging it out, and That's... everybody can see that Thomas and I. We really don't get along that well. <laughs> It'll be the most awkward hug you've ever seen on camera. <laughs> Yeah, when when Eric says there's not enough room in this convention hall for the both of us, he means it. <laughs> physically, you need to get out of the doorway. Okay, that's it. I really hope to see people at WePHP, and definitely make sure you come up and, uh, we, and we, we absolutely need to stop. You listen to the show. We need to stop right now. We're at one hour twenty one minutes. This is episode one twenty one. I'm John Congdon. Keep it ugly. WePHP, WePHP. I'm Eric Van Johnson. Don't forget to visit the Discord. I'm Tom Rideout. Keep it ugly. Keep it ugly. Keep it ugly. Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly, and thanks to our sponsors, the Diego Dev Group. If you're looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then reach out to the Diego Dev Group. You can find the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. That's www.diegodev.com. Show notes and RSS feeds can be found at www.phpugly.com. Follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at phpugly or join us in our Discord channel. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or in your favorite podcast listener. A rating of five stars is always appreciated. Until next time, keep it ugly.